0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm your host today, Aaron Richards, and I will be joined here in studio with a lot of friends, but I'm, I'm I'm co-hostless, at least for the first part of today's show. That's sad, I suppose. But friends, I'm here at the illustrious Damascus Media Studio. And for those of you who may not remember, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're going to start off today's show with prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for placing in each one of us a seed of mission of identity, God, of where you're calling us and how it is that you have designed us uniquely to respond to that missionary call. God, I pray that in today's show and in every one of our shows, as we explore the way that Encounter meets Mission, where we're launched to extraordinary lives of missionary work, that you'll give us the grace and the courage to respond. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, if you're tuning into the show for the first time, you know that like St. Paul, who encountered the Lord Jesus on his road to Damascus, his life was transformed. And we too here like to tell the stories of lives who are transformed through encounter with the person of Jesus. Dan Demite, my typical co-host, and myself, we work here uh, as executive directors at a place called Damascus in Centerburg, Ohio. And... We work here. Our mission every day is to awaken, empower, and equip a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith through world-class programs in an environment of encounter. And uh, the mission of Damascus is, is essentially, I suppose, not by coincidence, the the mission, the mission, the message of this show that through those moments of encounter, our lives are transformed. And when a life is transformed, we. By definition, we can't go back to the way things were. We can't go back to the way things were, right? We see that, um, we see that time and time again in scripture, in the lives of the saints. And uh, so too, we see that in the missionary call of today's missionary people, right? Our church calls us to live lives of extraordinary mission, mission as missionary disciples. And one of the things we like to say here at Damascus is that there's, you know, missionary disciples kind of a misnomer, right? Because there's no such thing as a non-missionary disciple. Part of our Christian call, our fundamental Christian call, and we'll get to that in in a moment in scripture, is, is, is to be missionaries. Our church herself is missionary in nature. And as the bride of Christ, we, the church, we are missionary in nature. What does that mean for us? Well, that's what we're going to get into in today's show. It's how you know our, our, our topic today is how we as individuals in the year 2020 how we respond to the practical missionary call that God has placed on our life. And I feel like I feel like I am well equipped for this message today. Why? Because here at Damascus, we've just got we've just finished with with two weeks of intensive missionary training for the young adults, 46 of them this year, who have dedicated their lives toward joining us in in two years of missionary work. We committed an entire week to, uh, to, to culture training, to asking how it is that we uniquely, in our particular charism here at Damascus, are called to live out this missionary call in every single day of our life. And then uh, the the last week of training has been focused on the practicals of uh, of how to implement programs and retreats, of how to orient ourselves for a life of outreach where we realize that, yes, here at Damascus, our call is to invest inwardly where our programs are excellent and world-class, but also to equip young people to be uh, to be always focused outward, that every word we speak, that every conversation we have, would be oriented toward the conversion of others. You know, friends, if you're tuning into today's show, I think a lot of times people will come and will visit Damascus and will be inspired, and will say, "How how can it be that so many young people are so on fire? How do you recruit these you know these these world changers?" And the, the response that we always have inevitably is, you know, certainly our missionaries are special, right? But it, it's it's not as though they're unique in the world. What we're living here is, and what we're seeing here is is what happens when we live a life fully alive, right? We we see we see in the stories of saints, we see, um, you know, if. When we live our life fully alive, that's when the world responds. That's when we see ourselves operating at our highest capacity. That's when we see the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit on display. Because the reality is every single one of you, regardless of your age, regardless of your training, regardless of your background, regardless of your state in life, you're called to carry joy You're called to carry the fruits of the spirit. You're called to carry the gifts in the same way that the missionaries here at Damascus are, you know, our, our training is unique. um, And our training is, is, is awesome, but it's not like we're taking, um, you're equipped for this friends. That's what I'm trying to say. We like to say here on beyond Damascus that every single one of us is, is called to a life of full-time ministry, and today we're going to be talking to an awesome team who's living out that call in a powerful way. Um, this year, we have made a determination that along the lines of that inward facing and outward facing orientation to evangelization, that we're going to put our money where our mouth is. And, and, and we're, we're actually equipping a team this year, our Damascus national team, who will be going out to the unreached parts of our country, you know, certainly not the unchurched parts of our country, but areas where we have a powerful um, support, a a powerful group of um, Damascus supporters or Catholic Youth Summer Camp participants who want to live their faith every day the the way that we're doing it here at Damascus, but who... I don't know may lack the opportunity through parish youth ministry or young adults who have served here in in the summers on mission who lack the opportunity to be in an authentic catholic community at home and we've actually determined that this team our national team will have the priority of of spreading the mission of Damascus across our entire nation i'm so excited to have them on the show today and friends join us right after this break to meet each of them we've got five of them here joining me in studio and it's it's a it's a pretty exciting time because we're gonna we're gonna interview them here on this show uh we're just I think we're a week maybe two weeks prior to heading out on their very first national mission so you're not gonna want to miss today's show friends once again thanks for joining us for Beyond Damascus the show where encounter meets mission and And we will be right back after this short break. He was a doctor of the church and one of the most famous saints of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Augustine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, but he balanced his genius with humility. Once declared, it was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. He died in 461.
1: For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. The power of prayer depends
0: on God's action, not on our praying. The Holy Spirit prays within us with groanings too deep for words, as Romans 8 says. And He empowers us to seek God and to seek from Him all that we need. And the answer to prayers are always from God in order to worship him.
2: The wisdom of Mother Angelica. The devil will always do his best to tempt you into sin until you get to that place where you love sin. That's what he wants. He wants you down there with him. And not because he loves you, he hates you. When you do what the enemy tempts you to do, he does it out of pure hatred.
3: EWTN. Live truth.
2: Live Catholic.
0: And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us today, friends. Once again, I'm Aaron Richards, one of our co-hosts here on Beyond Damascus. And Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And today is going to be, it already is, friends, one heck of a show. You know, Beyond Damascus, it's its the story of evangelization. It's where encounter meets mission. And as promised before the break, we've got an awesome team. Uh, you, you know, I, I like, I, I'm not going to make any excuses. I like to brag and bring on our all-stars. And today, uh, we're going to be interviewing um our Damascus National Team. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's welcome them onto the show. Hey, guys! Yay! <laughs> Give yourselves a round of applause. That's kind of awkward, but hey, <laughs> I mean, we're we're gonna do what we do. So, uh, the Damascus National Team. This is a brand new um, ministry of of the Apostle of Damascus, and here in Centerburg, Ohio, we we've just seen amazing transformation that's happened in and through the lives of our missionaries. And here we have five individuals. All five of you have uh, lived out at least two years of mission work full-time here with Damascus and um, many of you being involved for years uh, before even starting here as missionaries and uh, now have made a decision as, as members of our mission staff to respond to a call of actually doing mission work full-time as a, as a career choice. Wow. I wish we all had that opportunity. Uh, so without further ado, here's, so Jack Parker, we have Monica, we have Mary, Sarah, we have Christopher
3: and we have Dominic. Thanks guys for joining us today. Thanks, Thanks, Aaron. Aaron. Thanks Thanks for giving me uh, my last name, but not anyone else. You're the only one (laughs) who deserves it. Uh, I just, I realized. It's hard to
1: pronounce some of our last names. Yeah,
3: I understand. (laughs) I called
0: an audible that it was going to be too long of an introduction and I was probably going to trip over one of them. Okay, sweet. um, (laughs) Guys, this is awesome. So am I correct in saying that we are a week out or two weeks out from the inaugural mission of the Damascus national team?
3: Uh, I think we're about one week out before we head out to our first location. Yeah. So if you're hearing this on the radio,
0: that means they're probably already on the road. So look to your left and to your right as you drive. See if they maybe pulled up you beside see you.
2: A Honda Odyssey. Honda Odyssey.
4: <laughs> with Damascus missionary stuff.
5: <laughs>
0: that would be hilarious. Okay, good. We're, that will happen. And if it does, write into Saint Gabriel Radio and tell us. <laughs> we need to get a
2: van wrapped so they can see us <laughs> run them off the road.
0: Oh, no, oh, in all, no, okay. I'm sorry. That was, <laughs> that was uncalled for. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: in all seriousness, do pray for our, uh, for our national team as, as they engage in mission this year. And as they're probably engaged in mission as you listen to this show. Uh, so friends tell us what, what is the mission of the national team?
1: Yeah, so the national team is new and so we've been really sorting out what is our purpose and what is our mission. Uh, and it's really been exciting to kind of explore that and to share that ultimately what what we're doing and what it's for is that Damascus has discovered over the course of its like shorter lifetime, 5 or 6 years being here as an organization that ministry is most effective and summer camp is most effective when the kids can have a powerful encounter experience with Jesus over the summer. And then the missionaries can actually follow up with the kids throughout the year when the kids aren't just sent back home alone, but their youth ministers are involved, that the missionaries were able to actually invest in the communities and the parishes and the families. And so Damascus in Centerburg is near Columbus, of course. So we've been able to send our full-time missionaries for two years now into the core teams of parishes to disciple kids, to walk with them, to accompany them into families, Mm -hmm. just to really build relationships so that the kids it can can take that step from encounter to discipleship and to accompaniment, right? Yeah. So what we found is that as our camp grows and as CYC reaches more and more people each year, praise God, we have campers who we send back to other states who don't we're not able to invest in and support in the same way as our as our nearby campers. Yeah. And so the primary mission of this team is to go to them, is to reach out to them and say, hey, we haven't forgotten you, and we're we're here to support you to to come into a community and to live there for a few weeks to invest in the community to stay with families to worship with people to to learn about the community to plug into the youth groups, um, and really ultimately to to support and to love the church. Ultimately, Damascus, our dream is to expand so that we're sharing what God is doing here all over the country and have Damascus's Damascus campuses all over the states. But right now, the the. Dream of the team is to go forward and to begin building relationships and and supporting our campers wherever they are.
0: That's awesome. What's the what's the plural of Damascus?
1: Oh. Damascus. Damascus? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's it's
5: Damascus.
0: It's Damascus's it's, it's like moose. It's both Damascus <laughs> <laughs> <Mooses>. and Damascus.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, so so
0: listeners, for those of you who may be joining for the first time today, uh Damascus we we operate a missionary campus here in central Ohio and uh, throughout the year our, our flagship program is our is our summer camp called Catholic Youth Summer Camp and when we're not in the middle of a of a national global pandemic mm-hmm. uh you know during the course of our summer we'll have we'll have north of 4000 young people middle school and high school students who join us here for the best week of their summer and uh, and this year we had a, we had a missionary staff of 180 uh, young adults who were able to join us to be formed and then to to live out that call to missionary life. So yeah, a, a powerful transformation happens when young people are awakened to faith or or, or reawakened to faith here through the programs at Damascus. But that's not all, right? We're not the whole, but we're a part of the whole, and and part of our success of engaging in a way that transforms parishes and schools and families and individuals lives and, and and equips us to actually live out that call to sainthood is engaging back in a, in a community, right? It's engaging in a place of support. It's learning how to live that faith alive in your family. And it's, it's, it's that, 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 that Monica you're talking about in terms of, you know, what it is that we've been able to see as marks for success here in Columbus that we want to provide. It's its the ache on our heart to provide for young people all around the country. So right. exciting. Um, what are you guys most excited about being on the road this year?
5: <laughs> um, we're excited for a lot of different things. I think, um, just to kind of take off of what Monica was saying, we're excited because this five-person team traveling the country is a new expression of the Damascus charism. Yep, um, And that's just so much fun to be a part of. I mean, we, we in, in the various circumstances going on in our country and our world right now, we choose not to be paralyzed by the unknown mm-hmm. and by fear. And um, it's an opportunity for us to get out of the boat again and to answer the call of being a missionary. And so our version of getting out of the boat means getting off of the gravel paths of campus, getting into a Honda Odyssey, traveling the country <laughs> and seeing what happens. Um, and we're so excited about it. Um, we don't, I mean, in the, in the process, the past few weeks of kind of discovering what this could look like, we've come to realize very quickly that we don't have an abundance of um, clarity on the hows or mm-hmm. the whats. Or, or the the hows, um, yeah, and the whats, but what we do have a why. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and we do have like kind of a what in some sense. We, we know that our why is because Jesus is worthy, because mm-hmm. the gospel still calls people mm-hmm. by name um, to step out of the boat. And the what is awakening, empowering and equipping people Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. with the tools that we've received um, in our years of formation here at Damascus. So we're excited for the adventure. We're excited to live in a five-person community together. (laughs) We're excited for van adventures. We're excited for Jesus's glory to be put on display. Yeah, that's
0: amazing. Uh, uh, Let me let me jump in for a second. So. Uh, one of the one of the unique things that I think it has has one of the unique observations that we've been able to make here at Damascus is that uh, the work of Damascus, the work of Catholic Youth Summer Camp, it wasn't some uh, strategically implemented you know plan for the effective evangelization of a generation. Right? We didn't read a bunch of business leadership books to 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 determine how to best meet a perceived you know. Uh, gap in market opportunity for evangelization, but every single decision that we've made uh, here at Damascus, <laughs> I can't, I don't know. Every, de- hopefully, every decision that we've made here <laughs> at Damascus, and it's a, it's our it's our heart that every decision that we make as an organization um, is is truly a response to a need in the in the body, mm-hmm. right? That 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 our our missionary work is. Our ability to respond to the needs of the bride of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and you know, I I, I love as you guys are as as you guys are speaking. I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, this is so irresponsible to send these five young people into the world without a plan." Okay, (laughs) but you know, did did the did the did the early Jesuit missionaries or did the early Franciscan missionaries? Did they have a plan? When they when they went to to found missions across the United States of America, right? I just I just finished reading a book called "Death Comes for the Archbishop" about it's a fictional account, but it's based on the story of the first Archbishop of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it was it was so beautiful to see um, this this missionary spirit be lived out on display, right? In the first chapter of the book, this young priest, having been sent from Paris into the wilderness of of the southwestern United States. He was was walking through a desert with a horse and uh, made a wrong turn, missed his uh, his stop, um, and was questioning whether he was going to live and survive the night. And at the end of the story, you hear how just every single moment of saying yes to Jesus established him in such a way that he was able to build uh, a beautiful archdiocese, and and to serve a community, a, a diverse community of Indians and and um and Mexicans and Americans who are coming together. It was it was just so inspiring to see what happens when our plan is just to say yes. Mm-hmm. Our plan's just to respond, and and that's the story of Catholicus Summer Camp, right? That's the story of Damascus here in Centerburg. We've got a great strategy now, but I'll tell you what: on day one, it didn't exist, mm-hmm. and it, it came. Our strategy was our strategy was to perceive the need of the body mm-hmm. and to say yes to the love of Jesus for his bride mm-hmm. and and that's that's what it 's about
1: and it 's sweet too what what Christopher was saying about the how like the how is actually becoming apparent as we understand and dive into the what as we grow in love for these cities that we're going to come visit, and as each day our team tend spend some time to intercede um, yeah. as we get on the phone with these people and we're we're saying hey we're coming to your area the how becomes apparent they say okay actually we could use your help doing this we can yeah. plug you into this and suddenly i remember sitting down on our first monday morning a couple of weeks ago around the table we're like so what what's the plan and now we come together and have team meetings and we're like hey this retreat in this place and okay this youth ministry night here and oh this this parish mission we're doing here like it's all coming together kind of out of nowhere out of the faithfulness of god that when we say yes and start moving he says mm-hmm. I'm here for you. Like I gave you a call. I didn't give you a call to like abandon you. I gave you a call to to see if you trust me, and then to provide for you. So I think we're mm. we're kind of in a sweet spot between, um, like uh God's providence and our our like dependency on Him. We're like we really need you to come through God, and He's like that's what I do. So, so <laughs> great, put yourself in that position.
0: Um, thanks, Amen. Very, very cool. I love what you said too, Monica. That. Every move that we make, every response that we make is a response that's, that's, that's rooted in an authentic relationship of intimacy with the Lord. Right. Uh, and that this mission is one that's being birthed in the chapel. It's one that's being Mm -hmm. birthed through Mm -hmm. that, through those times of intercession and prayer. Um, Dominic, would you be interested in speaking just about what, like, what is, what has Jesus been saying that, that is standing as foundation for this call?
4: Yeah, I think just for all of us, we obviously um, have just had deep encounters with the Lord and with His love and with His mercy, and I think that's the driving force behind why we all said yes. We said yes to a mission that, like Monica said, we didn't know what it was going to look like at the beginning, but we said yes because the mission was fueled by the person of Jesus. And so what Jesus has just been speaking to our team and just to us individually is that he is desperately hungry for his children to know him he's mm-hmm. desperately hungry for the church to be who she is called to be and she and he jesus is desperately just longing for people to say yes to his mission mm. We never pictured, like, the five of us would all be together on a team. We never, like, just imagined this two years ago when we all said yes to being missionaries. (laughs) But it's so cool how the Lord orchestrates His plans and His purposes Mm -hmm. to just bring about a people who are just saying yes to Him. And that's what we have. We have a yes to Him. And through that, He's just speaking that He wants to move in All different spheres. It's so cool because for the past couple years, we've been working with mainly like middle schoolers, but this year we're going to be expanding to young adults, to adults, to youth ministers, sometimes to priests and entire parishes across the entire um, country. And so he, I believe, is just speaking to us that faithfulness Mm -hmm. and obedience and just that yes and the willingness to lay down your life for the sake of the gospel is going to bring about such an abundant harvest. But also just like a great adventure that you can't see coming.
0: Amen. Amen. That's so good. You know, one of the one of the things that we that we've that we've spoken about on the show frequently is that every every one of our missions has at its heart a missionary. It's it's not it's not the other way around, right? Um that that God that God calls uh God calls a, a missionary to a mission, God calls a people to a purpose. And um I I wonder if if friends, kind of in the in the traditional vein of of beyond Damascus, if each each one of you might just want to take a couple moments, or maybe just a couple of you too, uh to just give testimony to what God has been doing in your life in the last two years in your mission work here at Damascus that's or or maybe even outside of and before Damascus that, that led you to a place to be able to respond generously with a yes now. Um, you know, Friends, we've said it here before, and I'll say it again: that that when we when we give testimony, we give permission for God to act again, right? We give permission for God to do again what He's done in us. So as you hear these uh, as you hear these words, um, let's just ask the Lord Jesus come and come and move in my life. God, come and inspire in my family. Come and inspire in my employment. Lord, come and inspire in my work in ministry. The same zeal and the same response that you've inspired in the hearts of these young men and women?
3: Yeah. So I guess I'll start, Aaron. Uh, I'm Jack. If you guys didn't hear earlier, hi, Jack. Uh, my testimony um, kind of starts with Damascus before it was even Damascus. I was a camper at CYSC in 2008. Yeah. Uh, I brag on the fact that I haven't stopped coming since then. <laughs> um, so um, my testimony starts there with this, this encounter of people who. Uh, sought the Lord who sought them like to live an adventure with them, but as well as like, to see even those intimate moments. Um, I didn't really know what that meant when I was like a sixth grader, seventh grader, but um, I knew that there was something there. Um, so I kept on coming back um, a couple of years through. I had this powerful encounter in worship um, where I just felt so free uh, with the Lord. like There were no chains on me. And so after that, um, I kind of just didn't leave Dan and Aaron alone. Um, mm, I true. was at that's Dan's true. youth group and, um, Aaron would occasionally invite me to his youth group. Um, and I would just, when I was feeling brave. Yeah. When <laughs> <laughs> he wanted, yeah. And so, um, that's where it all started. I feel like is just those, those youth group, uh, nights and those days and weeks at summer camp. Um, I started there, um, a few, two years ago, I felt the call to come be a missionary here. Mm-hmm. Um, but my call actually started like in high school when I started being a counselor at Catholic youth summer camp. Um, and that's where I feel like the call to be a missionary here, uh, like began to grow. Um, I became a missionary two years ago and had an awesome time, uh, being not only a counselor, but also being a member of our program staff as well as running, uh, all of the like behind the scenes things during the summer, which has caused me to grow in insane ways of just humility and, um, a desire to serve others, um, as a, like as a humble servant and not as someone who like needs to be thanked. Um, Mm -hmm. which is why I feel like this is like this team, uh, my call here is so amazing because I get the opportunity to go somewhere and serve people and not expect anything. I get to go there and, uh, serve people and help them see the call that's on their life as well.
4: That's
0: awesome. Yeah. I love, uh, Jack, just that, Sometimes God paints a narrative, right where the the way that you first encountered him through uh, Catholic youth summer camp through him through that moment of worship ultimately paved the way, at least at this point in your life to the particular way that you were going to be responding to him daily and that who would have thought that as a sixth grader in 2008 that you'd be in a place of actually facilitating those experiences of worship today for thousands of other kids. That's such a, that's such a cool thing. You know, um, as, as friends, as, as, as we come into moments of encounter with Jesus through the course of our lives, whether it's at a conference, whether it's uh, at your, at your parish, whether it's through a relationship with a, with a friend or loved one that, that God can speak powerfully in a way that actually begins to write your story for the mission that he wants you to accomplish in your life. Um, you know, let us continue to be open and ready to respond and, and to place value on on those those moments that, that that God calls us into action. Mary Sarah, you want to share?
2: Yeah. So it's so beautiful because what Aaron was talking about is being a missionary was not like something that I just decided one day, like, oh, I'm going to be a missionary. It's actually like a response to a relationship with God. And so like, I know going into college, like I knew I wanted to do ministry work with my life. And I had the major that I wanted and like a five, 10 year plan for my life and where mm. I wanted to go. But it was so beautiful because as I grew in intimacy with God, my very first semester of college, he like radically like called me to change my major, to like shift everything that I was doing to like stop doing a lot of things I thought were um, was where I wanted to go. And he's like, this is what I want you to do. And all of a sudden my like plans, my five year strategy like started falling apart But it was so beautiful because he opened door after door and made the strategy, kind of similar to what Monica was talking about, um, how he's working with our team now. And so this um, call to be a missionary was actually birthed, what Aaron was saying, like in the chapel, in my times of prayer, because he was giving me his heart for his bride. And so it was so much more than just like, I want to serve the church. It was my heart becoming united with the Father's heart. Um, for the world and that led me here to Damascus and I never would have guessed um, even when I said my yes back in like February and March to being a part of this team that it yeah. would have become what it is now with everything going on in the world but I have no fear and I'm not anxious and I'm not like um, afraid I'm actually so excited because he's so faithful every step of the way and every day when I go to him in the chapel he's giving me his heart for what we're gonna do
0: that's awesome that's awesome Christopher go ahead
5: yeah I, <clears throat> It's just been really profound. Um, The Lord kind of opened the book and closed the book um, recently. So um, when I first heard the call, I was in the basement of a house in North Dakota, the summer of 2017, and I remember stumbling upon these documentaries of people living out the gospel in really powerful ways, Hmm. Um, missionaries living out the gospel, and I, I just, I couldn't stop watching. I watched until like four in the morning, and this entire time that I'm watching, I just was so struck to the heart. And was just bawling the entire time because I just witnessed, I felt like in that moment, I heard the call of the gospel personally, like just to me. I um, mean, I was watching a life that I wanted to live. And so I packed up everything and I moved out to Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> and um, just recently um, on just the trip after camp ended this past summer, um, I was on a plane coming back and as I was praying on the plane and then just this, this like, Spirit of remembrance just like filled up the entire plane, um, in prayer. And I just began to weep, and the people around me started looking at me really weird, but I was like, "Whatever." <laughs> um, but I just saw so you sh- had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Aaron. Anyway, so I, I'm just like bawling again on this plane just because I was so struck with this memory, and the Lord leaned in really close and he said, "Hey, do you remember the first time that you heard the call? Mm. Do you remember the first time that you witnessed the gospel powerfully and said, "There's actually nothing else worth living for?" Do you remember that? And I was just became so grateful, and it was just this great confession of prayer in that time that the gospel is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yep. the best thing that's ever happened to me. And so, I mean, just a few weeks ago, that's that happened to me. And so I got to come back on campus as we step into this new thing with this five-person team, and it was just kind of like a fresh yes moment for me That's awesome. of saying against the Lord, like, yes, the gospel is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I don't actually think I can live for anything else. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it would just be kind of like mundane for me. It would be really hard to live a normal life after you've ex- experienced the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um you've got to live for it when you experience it.
0: Yeah. You know, God God gives us opportunity when he places those those moments, whether it's Christopher like you were saying the um you know, just that 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 passion and that response and that that initial that initial moment of of intimacy with him that he that he that he puts inside of you or or even Mary Sarah you were talking earlier about like it, it was this this longing in your heart that God had placed there in those intimate times in prayer. And uh I I think it it would be it would be it is good for us as Christians to remember that God never places a hunger inside of us that he hasn't also placed inside of us the capacity to see fulfilled. Mm. Yeah. Right? That every true and authentic hunger that he places in us is an it's an invitation to a response. And sometimes that's a that's a that's a choice that can change our life, but it 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 orients us toward a place where we can live our life fully alive, right? It's God's greatest desire that we would live our life fully alive, that we would look like Him, that we would be like Him, that we would live our life in this constant gift of of just a a, a missionary yes. And of course, it would make sense that He would give us the opportunity to live out that call, right? And and what does that look like? Well, that looks like for us. Yeah, it was that moment, and it was that moment in prayer when God placed that that longing on your heart. It was that moment flying back to Columbus where He gave you the opportunity to remember again what it was like the first time He called you, the first time He gave you an opportunity to say, "Yes, Lord, I give it all to You." Um, Jack, it was that it was that moment in in worship as a as a sixth or seventh grade camper, right, where all of a sudden stuff started to make sense. And uh, I, what's on my heart today, listeners, is just that. The the more weight, the more the more honor that we can give to those moments where God works and God, you know, moves heaven and earth to to speak to our heart, whether it's through uh, a personal passion, whether it's through the word of a friend or a loved one or a priest or a grandma or grandpa. Right that mm-hmm. that that those moments they have significance for us. Right. When when we when we stand back and at the at the end of time and we look at the you know I look at the instant replay of of the world, I'll see that those moments were like the chapter markers where where all of a sudden I had an opportunity to change my life forever. And you know, taken out of context, maybe those those conversations just feel like a blip on the radar, but when we when we give God the honor, when we give those moments the honor that they're due, they can change everything. You know we look to the story of Saint Paul often because it's it's uh it's such a such a fundamental image for us of of a missionary call and I bet that St Paul's story could have been different if he had uh if he had encountered that blinding light on the way to Damascus and um <laughs> He had said, "Wow, that was a that was a fascinating spiritual experience," and then gone back to his work the next day. You know, he probably would have had to go and see an optometrist or something. But um, <laughs> could could Paul have have effectively, you know, willfully made a decision to ignore the call of Christ? Well, I suppose so. But you know, our story would look a lot different, right? instead instead we see a story that 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 here 2000 years later it seems to carry a weight that's just insurmountable right we can't we can't imagine what what the history of the world would have looked like had Paul said no but there was a moment in time when when yes or no carried equal weight but now we've established a we we've established a foundation of the church based on I don't know based on those calls and and that's the story of every single one of our lives That's such a such a powerful reflection. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Okay, so we've talked about the 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 prayer, inspiring the how. I'm just curious, friends. As you know, what is it that what is it that your that your year is going to look like at this point? (laughs) Because <laughs> I think we've got we, we do have a plan now.
5: What's really special? <laughs> we do we do have a, we do have a form of a plan. Um, yeah. Something that's really special with this team is that everybody on this team carries something that they're particularly passionate about that they yeah. really are excited to work with. Um, so one thing that um, we're excited to do um, this year is give an opportunity to whatever degree like appropriate or respectable um, to gather youth ministers yeah. um, to really. Um, just kind of like refocus collectively because we can all admit the past half year has been incredibly awkward for the church, um, <laughs> especially for those like in ministry um, that have given their yes in that particular way. Um, and it's, it's actually in the past week, it's been kind of hard to be, uh, have conversations with different youth ministers um, because you just send such a discouragement um, and you just want to like be with them and um, just help encourage them. So what we really want to do is at some point, uh, some points throughout the year is to have just gatherings, small or medium sized uh, of youth ministers, fewer um, than 10, fewer than 10 people <laughs> um, in the church uh, to just have a time of prayer, um, refocusing, mm-hmm. kind of collaborating um, collectively to see, you know, what's been working for you as far as youth ministry? What's not been working for you? How do we... Um, just help give each other tools to kind of continue to do the ministry this year um, to the best of our ability, not knowing exactly what it's going to look like. So equipping, short form, short form, um, equipping and empowering um, laborers in the church, missionaries in the church. Amen. I love that call. I love that call.
2: Yeah, and it's really exciting. Some of the actual places that we're going, we're going to Virginia, we're going to Michigan, we're going to Indiana, Minnesota, and um, San Diego. And that's literally just in the next few months uh, through December. And we have more lined up for the following semester, but like each of those places is so unique in what they need. So some of those places we're going to be working um, more with the youth, with the campers that we have, but some areas really want to be equipped to do the work of ministry. And we've um, been so blessed to have so much formation in that work. And so teaching other people, like how can I live this out in my like yeah. area and my walk of life? That's
0: great. That's great. So, uh, uh empowering and equipping ministers of the gospel um working with working with families and with with organizations to help to continue to build that energy and that effort and what's what's our particular outreach going to be to our to our camp families throughout the throughout those areas do we
5: have a-
1: yeah, so we have we are going to be staying in host families, host homes this, um, yeah. this year, which is so fun and exciting. So camp families, what we're hoping is that we're going to stay with them, we're going to eat with them, we're going to do life with them, and mm-hmm. um, honestly, we're just going to kind of spend time with them. What we saw Jesus do in his ministry was... More often than not, just eat with people, sit with people, be with people, come into their homes and say, can I stay? And his presence actually changed things. So we know that we house the presence of God, and so do our family, so does the whole church. Um, Our tagline actually for the year is, um, we are being sent to awaken the missionary spirit of the church through Mm -hmm. the culture of Damascus. Because the reality is the church is missionary in her identity. She already is missionary. That's what the, the church is supposed to draw people in and bring people into the love of God. Yeah. And that starts in the home. That starts in the family. And I think that something that we're going to be able to do in families is just kind of be a presence of encouragement, a mirror back and say, this is really what your family looks like. It's beautiful. Like the messiness of family life, especially throughout quarantine and through staying at home and everything, like we can look at it with a fresh perspective and say, your family is a domestic church, a microcosm of the big church. Your family is missionary and your family is beautiful and doing an amazing job. Yeah. And so we're just, we're. I, I think we're just looking forward to being, Integrated into the families, being allowed kind of to come in and to see the picture, um, and yeah, to be able to minister to them, pray with them, worship with them, um, break bread with them, make meals, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: we're that's really awesome. That. That's awesome. Yeah, and 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 the the reason that we're looking at these areas why is because yeah, yeah an interesting things happened over the last few years here at Damascus where we will have a contingent from. San Diego, for example, who who comes and sends their kiddos to Catholic youth summer camp, and then the following year, those five become fifteen, and those fifteen become fifty, right? And now we've got this this community in these in in these pockets of of families who have fallen in love with Jesus through the particular call to encounter that they've experienced at Damascus. And they want to continue to grow in that and to be formed in that. So that's yeah, that's what we're able to uh, to afford them the opportunity for this year.
4: Good. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, Aaron, I just think it's so cool because before, like the heart of our ministries, we just don't want to give people this cool you know, faith awakening experience and then just like send them back home dry. But it's actually the heart that we walk with people, yes, while they're here through small groups and through having a counselor. And so they're actually walked with here. But our heart is that we actually get to walk with our campers and our families when they go back into their parishes. And so often we've only been able to do that in Columbus. And I think this year is just a unique opportunity to actually be able to walk with those camp families and just to continue to develop and help them develop their own personal prayer life, but also their own personal community that they have in Indiana, in San Diego, in these different places across the Mm -hmm. country. And finally, like as a ministry, we actually get to live what our heart desires. Amen. Mm -hmm.
1: And something I've been reflecting on too, as we, um, as we prepare to embark on this, right, Uh is just that we have a lot to share. Like, Mm. I I mean, I was just speaking with some of my support partners the other day and saying, I mean, praise God, I'm humbled by this, that I have seen what many people have not seen. I've seen the church alive. I've seen the church alive and excited and joyful and attractive. And I've seen it in the young people that come. And this summer in particular, gosh, I'm, I'm just moved by it. Like, the campers needed this summer more than ever before, you know, and they came in and I'm in the programming department at camp. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to, to see and adjust our programming as it was necessary. And the campers came in this summer more nervous and more like shy than they ever have been before. And I mean, of course they're wearing masks and they're sitting distance and I'm sure in their head is all sorts of like fears. And through the course of just being loved and pursued intentionally throughout the week, they were able to open up and to remember what God has done in their life and to reintroduce them, like Jesus reintroduced himself to them, right? And and their testimonies on Friday when mm-hmm. they would kind of speak and talk, they it was just incredible to see them saying, Jesus changed my life and I'm not hopeless and I'm not like ineffective. Like in, in a time in the world where I think um, the church often has felt, what is our role and how do we do anything? Yeah. And we're just a little shut down. We kind of carry the spirit of hope that the church is alive, not just because we were able to keep a camp going, but the church is alive (laughs) because of the people of the church. Jesus can't be silenced and Jesus is still King. And so we're just carrying, I think, to the hope um, that we've been able to firsthand see. So I'm just, I'm blessed that we were able to like see camp. Yeah, This is what the church looks like alive. Um, And I think, I don't know, we're, we're waging a war on boredom and on hopelessness this year. Like that's not going to win like in this era and and we're going to help. To be able to stop that.
0: Praise the Lord. All right. Well, friends, you have been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission, and once again our, our guests today are the Damascus National Team. And uh, when we come back right after this short break, we're going to have an opportunity to uh, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to give them a prompt. I'll even give them 30 seconds to to work on a response here while you're while you're listening to our break. But the the, the moment of missionary commissioning is, uh, it's a holy moment, right? It, you know, as, as we, as we look to those times when, when we're kind of building up to that moment where the, where the, the van takes off down the road for the first time. And I want to invite you into that spirit right now. We're just going to, we're going to have each of these individuals sort of just speak the word that God's put on their heart now for this moment. And maybe to pray for us that we would be equipped and to be charged with the courage to answer that call for ourselves as well. And then we'll be talking about how we are going to continue to engage here on Beyond Damascus with our Damascus national team throughout the rest of this year. So we'll join you, friends, right after this short break.
2: The wisdom of Mother Angelica. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross
5: healed all our wounds.
2: A lot of people say, well, I can do what I want. I can commit any sin. Jesus saved me. You can't be presumptuous. All holy God cannot allow you to sin or give you the right to sin by dying for you. That doesn't make any sense. For more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. Wings is the weekly newsletter that's packed with program info, features,
5: and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. Just go to EWTN.com Wings. Fill out your name and email address, and you'll start getting your Wings every week. When you get yours, send it to all your friends, and they can send it to their friends. And pretty soon, we're covering the whole world with the good news about EWTN. Wings, the weekly newsletter from EWTN. The Global Catholic Network.
0: He is honored by the Church as a saint with the title of the Seraphic Doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. One of the greatest theologians and Franciscan mystics in Church history, Bonaventure also wrote a biography of St. Francis that was commissioned by the Franciscans themselves. It took a saint and true mystic to understand a true saint and mystic. He died in 1274.
1: For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com.
0: And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks so much again for joining us for today's show with the Damascus national team. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And as we kind of wrap up today's show, I wanted to begin us with the prompt, friends, uh, first of all, your 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 passion and your yes has been so inspiring today. But I, I want to move us as a as a listener audience, not just from a place of being inspired, but a place of also being convicted to respond ourselves. So the prompt I gave is: What is the word that the Lord's been speaking to your heart in this moment of? Com- commissioning that you would uh, that you would maybe extend to our radio audience today. Dominic, you want to kick us off?
4: For sure. Um, the word that the Lord just keeps speaking to me comes from Ephesians 5.14. It says, Therefore, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. I just believe that as we go to each city, Jesus himself is going to wake up the church in new ways and literally, like, everything that's dead, he's going to bring to life. And he's going to put a light in the church that the world is going to hopefully look to and say, I want to be a part of that. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would make us burning lights, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. And Jesus, just give us the grace to partner with you to help wake up the church and to bring life and to bring light into the church. Amen. Thank you, Jesus
5: um as i'm just praying for all the people listening right now the lord is really just re-emphasizing isaiah 60 arise and shine for your light has come i really feel like in this moment this hour of the church the bridegroom is leaning into the bride and and just giving her encouragement encouraging her and saying, hey i know everything's kind of crazy right now but just rise and shine like you were actually born for such a time as this you were baptized for such a time as this amen amen
2: uh, he has just been putting on my heart that it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. So like, I don't have to go out and do Mary Sarah things, but Christ <laughs> is going to do his thing through me, in me. Um, so I don't have to fear. I'm so confident going out because it's him working in and through me. Yeah.
0: God, give us that confidence.
2: Praise God. Um, uh, my word from Jesus is Hosea six. Um,
1: the Lord tears to heal. So let mm. us press on, let us press on to know the Lord. Um, and in this season of tearing and a lot being torn in, in our lives, um, God, I just pray that you give us the endurance to press on and to see you in it and to see you as healer in it, um, and to, to know you in it.
3: Amen. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Um, in my word, it, I was reminded of a movie, uh, how to train your dragon where toothless <laughs> yeah. and hiccup, um, they're learning to fly on their own, like together and on their own. Um, I think the Lord isn't really speaking into this is like. I've spent my two years here and I've spent all this time with Damascus and Catholic Youth Summer Camp, Mm. Um, but I can't look at the sheet anymore. I have to fly on my own. Um, It has to be like something where I'm sent out and I have to give it a shot so that I can teach others to do so. Yeah. Um, So really just flying on my own so that others can learn how to fly as well.
0: Amen. And let that be a word of conviction for every one of our radio listeners today, that God has placed a missionary call on your heart. God speaks that you too are called to be a light in the darkness, that you too are called to, uh, to rise up and respond and cause others to rise up and respond, and that God would continue to, to speak those words of encouragement and strengthening and healing in and through each one of us. God, I pray your blessing on this team. Um, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in and through them. And Jesus, I pray that through the testimony that they share today, that you would do it again in us, that our radio listeners, Lord, would, that we would be inspired, that in our moments, of, um, our moments of encounter with you, God, that you would make room for a missionary response, that we could feel the burden of the opportunity that you place in us, that, God, we are your plan A, that there's no plan B. And that all we've got to do is say yes. God, give us the grace to say yes daily. We pray this all in Jesus' name. In the name Amen. of the Father oh, and the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Damascus National Team, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, man. Oh, thank, you. thank you. And Listeners, this will not be the last time that you'll hear from them. Once again, I, I, I told you earlier that, that a testimony is an invitation for God to do it again, and God for God to do again what He's done in us. And throughout the course of this year, I, I can think of no better way than to continu- to continue a, a commitment to engage with this team as they as they travel the country and and put mission on the forefront in a variety of ways over the course of every day. So we will check back with them frequently. If you've enjoyed today's episode, if you've enjoyed getting to know them more, I would encourage you to continue to uh, to to follow up and to listen in. Where's your first trip to, friends?
5: Michigan this October.
0: Michigan. So Michiganders, watch out. <laughs> and uh and you know, hey, if you are interested in potentially hosting the Damascus Damascus national team this year and you would like more information on how you can get connected with them, please go ahead and email us. What's what's the email address they should reach out to you at?
2: Mary Sarah at Damascus.net. That's M-A-R-Y-S-A-R-A-H
0: at net, And uh, we would love to potentially connect with your community and to bring the good work that God's doing here at Damascus home. Once again, Damascus, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of Saint Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. It's carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Thanks for joining us for today's show. If you're interested in hearing this show again, because it's that awesome or more shows like this, believe it or not, we have a podcast. It's called Beyond Damascus and you can find us wherever podcasts can be found and downloaded. Just go and do the thing right. And uh, in other news, catch us again next week. We'll, we'll be doing we'll be doing the same time here again. Um, God bless you, friends, and thank you for tuning in. Have a great day.